Well, we are in the final week of our series, Christmas Carols. I'm not going to tell you what the Christmas Carol is right now. I want you to figure it out. And so for the next 20 or 25 minutes or so, I want to share with you the news of the word of the Lord. And so I want to tell you about the lyrics of this song. The lyrics of this carol were written somewhere between the 8th and the 12th century. That's, for those of you, that's between the year 700 and the year 1100. And in this era in church history, Christians would sing or Christians would chant. They would sing or they would, they would chant uh, these phrases that all started, get this, here's your clue, with the letter O. And then somebody would read a psalm and then they would sing or chant another phrase that started with the letter O. And they became known as O antiphons. O antiphons. And during this era, one of the lines they would sing, they would sing this song. Anybody got an idea what song we're talking about? O. You got really two, two, two or three choices. Oh, come all ye faithful. It's a good, it's a good one. It's the wrong one. Uh, any other options out there? Somebody shout out. What? Oh, silent night is oh so wrong, but it's a good guess. There's another one. Oh, Christmas tree. No, it's a good guess. Man, I didn't know there's so many O's. Oh, holy night. No, that's the wrong one. No, there's another one. Somebody's got to know the answer. Oh, little town of Bethlehem. No, that's the wrong one. Let's just sing the song together today. song that we're going to talk on today as we conclude this series called Christmas Carols. And I think this will encourage you. Let's talk about Emmanuel. Sometimes it's spelled with an I, sometimes it's spelled with an E, but Emmanuel means God with us. God is with us. How many ever prayed before as you're, as you're searching maybe for a parking space? God be with me. <laughs> right? Maybe you prayed before as you've been traveling and you're not the one driving and the other person in your family that isn't so good, you know, you're gripping onto the side, holding on and your, your feet are pushing through the floorboard and you're saying, God be with me. You're, you're, you're praying or maybe, maybe you're going to go on a first date way back in the day or maybe, maybe you're dating now and you're like, God be with me. Help them not to be a psycho stalker, right? Or, or, or maybe, maybe you're talking to this person about something difficult. You have to have a living room conversation. You have to have a hard talk with somebody. And before you do, you say, God, be 
be with me. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? You just pray that prayer, God, be with me. What does it mean for God to be with us? Well, I want to answer that question. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1, we read Matthew's version of the birth of Christ, and he talks about Mary in verse number 21. He says to us, um, she, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Now, this was the announcement that has been, everybody's been longing to hear this announcement for centuries, hundreds and hundreds of years. This is the good news of the gospel. This is what the story is all about. And then verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. All right, so what Matthew is about to do here is he's about to reveal or quote uh, an Old Testament prophet. And this Old Testament prophet's name was Isaiah. And he's going to be quoting from Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 14, that the prophet Isaiah foretold, prophesied, he prophesied this 740 years before the birth of Christ, before this announcement was made to Mary. And this is really, I want you to get the significance of this. Over 700 years before Jesus was announced, before Jesus was born, this prophecy was given. And now this prophecy is going to be fulfilled in verse number 23. Um, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, if this were a movie, this would be the climactic event. This would be the, the turning point in the movie that the, the music would start to kind of go and begin to rise up. It'd be the dramatic point. And when, when the words are said, then he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> this, would be, this would be the moment because this announcement by the angel was earth-shattering news, the most earth-shattering news that was possible because everybody listening to this and everybody reading about this would know that in the Old Testament, it told us that God is too holy to even be looked upon and in his purest essence and live. We would die I mean, think about uh, Moses had to hide his face from God when God passed by because Moses couldn't handle the full-blown presence of God. Or think about that once a year, the high priest would go into the, the temple where God was dwelling. Nobody was allowed into the temple except once a year, the high priest would go in. And if he had just a little bit of sin in the camp of his heart, if there was something that hadn't been atoned for, he would drop dead in the presence of God. That's why they tied a rope around his ankle. So when he went in there, if another one dropped dead, they'd have to drag that sucker out and then have to wait till next year to send another high priest in there. Nobody could stand in the presence of God. Nobody could be in the presence of God. And now Matthew is saying, he is with us. Yes. What was it that made the shepherds run back into the fields and rejoice? What, what caused the wise men to fall on their face and bow down and worship? It was this fact, and it was this fact alone. God is not distant. God is not far off. He is not an uninvolved God. He is not someone who just 
watches over us, but now it is revealed that he is God who is with us. The creator and the sustainer of the universe, he is a relational God. He, he stripped himself of his glory and he became like us in the form of a baby. 100% God and 100% man who was without sin. He dwelt on the earth. In fact, the Gospel of John tells us in the very first, uh, very first uh, verse, John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, was with God, and the Word was God. And you jump down to verse number 14, the Word became flesh, God became flesh, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father full of truth and grace, full of grace and truth. God is with us. That is the best news possible. But here's the problem. Some of y'all don't live like it. Some of y'all don't live like it. You don't really believe that God is with you. And that's what I want to talk about today. See, we say things like, really? You think God's with me? Because I don't feel him right now. Here's what I know about Christmas. I said this at our empty chair gathering on Thursday evening. By the way, we had a beautiful gathering here. We had a lot of people that showed up for our first ever, and we're going to make this, I believe, an annual event, an empty chair gathering around Christmas time to honor those who have passed, passed on. But at that gathering, I said, Christmas is like a great magnifier. It magnifies the good, and at this time of year, it becomes really good. Like if you got a relationship in your life that's good, Christmas time makes it even better. But it's also the great magnifier because it magnifies painful things. And if you're struggling with pain in relationships or in your life, Christmas has a way of magnifying that pain. And so there are some people, and we talked about in this empty chair gathering, that maybe um, you're dealing with loss this year, and it magnifies it. It's a loss through death, or some maybe loss through divorce, or sometimes loss maybe this year, especially in our COVID season, through distance. You can't be together with the people that you love. Some of you might have relational tension in your family, and it's really hard right now. And for you to say, God with me, really? Not in this crazy family. Some of you might, might receive some bad news, maybe about your health or the health of a loved one, and you wonder, where is God in this? I, I don't feel God. I don't see God. If God is here, then why is he letting this happen to me? Some of you, if you were really honest with yourself, really transparent, you might say, there's some things in my life that I am so ashamed of. Why would God want to have something to do with a person like me? God with me, really? It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe. So what I want to do in the few minutes that we have together today is help you understand and help you truly believe that God is with us, that he is the God who is, he is the God who was, and he is the God who will always be with you. Why? Because he is Emmanuel, God with us. So we're going to break it down, baby. We're going to break it down into three thoughts this morning. Thought number one, God is is with you. God is with you in the present, right now. God is with you. Pastor Trinity said earlier, he is here. He is here, guys. 
He is here now. He always is here. He is here. God is with you. Whether you're in good times or you're in rough waters, you got to understand this. And when you understand God is with me, it changes everything. When you're lost and you don't know where to go, God is your guide. When you're hurting and you feel alone, God is your friend. When you're in the middle of a trial, you got to know that God is your comforter. When you're sick, you need to know that God is your healer. Whenever you're weak, it says he is your strength. You got to know anytime you're lost in your sin, God is with you as your savior. Yes, he saved you before, but he's saving you right now. God is with you. In fact, when we look at Luke's gospel and Luke's account of the of the Christmas story in Luke chapter one, verse number 28, uh, we read this. The angel went to her. This is the angel, as we saw in the little drama production here, went to Mary and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. What did the angel say? He said, the Lord is with you. Now, she had no idea why she needed those words of encouragement, but she needed those words of encouragement before the announcement was ever made, God is with you. Some of you are fixing to take a turn in your life. It's just the way life unfolds. Some of us are getting older. and Some of us have different challenges in our lives. You're going to take some turns in your life. And God never promised you everything was going to be hunky-dory every day of your life. In fact, he promised you, listen, you're going to have all kinds of trouble. In this world, you're going to have trouble. But take heart. I am with you. I am with you. The first truth the angel proclaims to this little girl named Mary that she needed to know because she was fixing to do something very difficult, the Lord is with you. Number two, God was with you. In the past, God was with you. Sometimes it's easier to see in the rearview mirror of our lives than it is to see in the moment. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You look back over your life and a series of events in your life, uh, take Joseph in the Old Testament, not Mary's Joseph, but Joseph in the Old Testament many, many centuries before. Joseph in the Old Testament had these dreams, and if you remember, uh, he shared these dreams with his brothers. Here he's a 14 little punk, and, and he tells his brothers, his older brothers, hey, I got these dreams, and dude, you're going to bow down to me like I'm going to lead you, and it's going to be awesome. And they're like, it's not going to be awesome, so they beat the thunder out of him, and they threw him into a, a cistern, a, 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 a dry well, and they left him there to die. And then one of the good brothers said, no, let's not do that. I got a better idea. Let's not let him die. Let's like sell him into slavery. Doesn't that sound awesome? They're like, great idea, man. Let's sell him into slavery. And that's what they did. And he lived all of those years, decades of his life. Did you hear what I just said? With integrity. And yet during that time, Joseph once again was falsely accused of something he did not do. And he gets thrown into prison, not once, but twice. And if you're looking at this from a distance, it would be really easy to say, where, where is God in that? Where is God in that? All of these trials, where is God in that? But you really need to see the story over the course of his life to realize that God was actually working behind the scenes. 
Here's how I like to say it. You could say that God took, God took Joseph. You could say he went from the pit uh, to, it, it, to that, that became the passage that led him to the palace. That, God, that was really good. He went from the pit that became the passage that led to the palace that saved a multitude of people from a famine that was to come. See, God knows God already lives in tomorrow. He already knows your tomorrow. It's not like a surprise. Didn't see that coming. It's already there. He already lives there. And so God was taking care of Joseph. God used a very indirect route to put him in charge so he could save all these people from the effects of this famine. And you wonder to yourself, where in the world was God in all of this? Well, back at the Bible answers the question. In Genesis 39, verse number 21, but while, uh, while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him. And he showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. That tells us where God was. Where was God? God was with him. And you look back, God was with you too. And for me, I get very emotional when I begin to think about my life and how God was with me. Hmm. In the early days of our, of our marriage, my wonderful wife, Keely, is over there. We had nothing. The bills came due. God always provided. God was with us. When Keely had four C-sections, and two of them were emergency C-sections, God was with us. When we had no parents to call on, never, ever had an opportunity to draw on their advice or their life experience, talk us through difficult situations, God was with us. When friends betrayed us, you get it. God was with us. When we went through a dark period in our lives, God was with us. When, when we were navigating our four daughters through the teenage years, God was with us. <laughs> when our church was only three months old and we were told that you got to pay more rent for the school, we didn't have no more money. To be, to be totally transparent, we didn't have the money to pay the rent we already owed. You know what I'm talking about. Hmm. God, God was with us. My friend Heinz, who can't be here today, who's 87 years old, when he got a scare that said he might have cancer, and I went to the hospital and took him to the hospital and sat there with him, and the doctor came out and gave him the good news. God, God was with us. Oh, our camera operators, Chris and Michelle. When you, guys, when you guys were told you can't have children, and you went through all the process for your first one, and the second time we prayed, and a couple weeks ago, we dedicated your little baby girl. God is with us. Michael and Norma sitting in the back row. When you lost your 18-year-old son earlier this year, we had a celebration of life service in this, in this sanctuary. Tons of people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. The pain is real, but God, God was with us. Larry, when you had to say goodbye to your wife this year and seven other family members, God is with us. Where's, where's the Moraine family at? When your son, TK, and I wish he was in here, 
But when TK, right up here in this drama, was told, I believe, a year ago that the tumor in his brain was growing again, and we prayed, and you went in, and you got the next picture of the brain, and they came back and said, look at this. It's shrinking. It's not growing. God, God is with us. And Pastor John fell through the ceiling, and he didn't perish. God was with us. Many of you who have come to God, come to church over the last nine years, and you've said things to me like this. I get this all the time, little notes, little conversations. different. Things. It's like you were talking straight to me. That's not Troy, but not at all. That's God being with us, addressing you, a very relational, very personal, very in-your-face, very involved, very loving, very gentle, very strong God is with us. God is with you. God was with you. And my third thought is God will be with you in the future God will be with you. I want to say it again so it drives it home. In the future, tomorrow, and the next day, and next year, and the year after that, and until you close your eyes in death to this world and open your eyes in the presence of the king, God will always be with you. He is a God that sticks closer, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. So no matter what you go through, he will always be. In fact, I want to go back to Luke's gospel, chapter 1, verse 28. Read this verse again. The angel went to her, talking about Mary, and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I want you to imagine for just a moment this little teenage girl named Mary. If, and I underscore, italicize and highlight that word, if she was able to see the future, if she was able to know what is coming next in her life, if at that moment when God said, or the angel said, the Lord is with you, if she could have seen the future, I believe Mary would have said it like this. God will be with me when I conceive this child by the Holy Spirit. I believe Mary would say, God will be with me when I tell Joseph that I've conceived a child by the Holy Spirit. And God will be with Joseph when he hears the news from the angel. And God will be with us when we travel on a donkey's back some 80 to 100 miles. And God will be with me when there is no room in the inn. And God will be with me when I give birth to a son, to the son of God in a stable and I lay him in a manger next to farm animals. And God will be with me when I run, run, run trying to save the life of my little child. And God will be with me when my son turns 12 years old and becomes a runaway and I can't find him anywhere and I find him in the temple teaching and telling people about the word of the Lord. And God will be with me at the wedding feast when they run out of wine. And my son is going to change and transform water into wine. Just the first of uh, um, amazing miracles that will take place through his life. And God will be with me when I watch my son being falsely accused and persecuted for something he did not do. And God will be with me when I see those Roman soldiers beat my son with sticks and whip his back, pulling chunks of flesh off his body. God will be with me when I watch his hands and his feet be nailed to a cross. 
and God will be with me when I watch my son hanging on that cross, unable to breathe. And God will be with me when I watch him look up to heaven and say, it is finished. And he'll bow his head and close his eyes in death. And God will be with me when I hear him say the words, into your hands, I commit my spirit and God will be with me when the whole earth shakes and everything turns dark and God will be with me on the first night when I wait and I pace and I wonder and God will be with me on the second night when I wait and I pace and I wonder and God will be with me on the third day when I go back and see the stone has been rolled away and the tomb is empty because he has risen, because he is Emmanuel, because he is God who is with us. He is God who was with us and he is God who will always be with us. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Romans chapter eight. Man, I need your help preaching this for the next couple minutes. Can you help me with this? Romans chapter eight, verse number 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ every time? I need the online folks to hear the in-person folks today. And I would like you to be shouting in your living room as well. When I read these, I'd like you to say yes or no. The question is, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? Hardship? No. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness? No. Don't quite know why nakedness is in there, but it's in there. I'm just kidding. Danger? No. Sword? No. The answer to those questions is no. Verse 37, no. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Listen to me. Nothing, no thing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Jesus will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Listen, you will never be alone. You will never be alone. Nothing can separate you. Not your fears, not your doubts, not your insecurities, not your theological questions and wonderings, not sickness, not failures, not mistakes, not divorce, not what somebody else did to you, not your broken dreams. Nothing can separate you from the love of God that is, in found, that is found in Christ Jesus our Lord. Why? Because he is the God who is. He is the God who was, and he is the God who will be with you forevermore. Final scripture I'd like to share today is in Revelation chapter one, or chapter one, verse number eight. I am, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. He is the God who is with you. He is the God who was with you. And he is the God who will always be with you. The only question that needs to be answered today is, are you with God? Are you with God? 
God's with you. There is no doubt. He always has been. He always will be. He's with you. But are you with God? In other words, do you love him with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength? Because he's not a far off, uninvolved, distant God. He is a relational God who came to earth. That's why we celebrate Christmas time to reveal himself to you so you could be forgiven of your sins, so you could know him, serve him, and have eternal life. Let's pray together. God, I pray that your spirit would do a work today that only you can do. I pray that you would transform us by the good news that you, almighty God, are with us.